Welcome to the Reframing Eye Care podcast. I am Dr. Maria Sampalis. I am here with Samuel Maxwell again. I'm sorry, Samuel Waxman again. And we're going to be talking today about disability insurance. I think it's a very important topic. And I think optometrists need to know about it, that many don't do it and don't have it. And I think it's a super important topic. So thank you, Sam, for coming on the podcast once again. Thank you, Maria. It's a pleasure. I loved it the first time, Maria. So I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Yeah. Can you give us uh, some information of what is disability insurance as a you know, starter point for our, our listeners? Absolutely. Disability insurance is a living benefit that protects you while you're alive and is meant to replace your income. So it's really as simple as if you cannot work due to injury or illness, you will get a monthly benefit every single month you're out of work. That benefit is tax-free, which is amazing. And it pays you every month you're out of work. As soon as you can go back to work, then the benefit stops and you no longer and you still have the coverage. So how do you qualify for something like this? So with any insurance, you have to go through a medical. The cost, the initial cost is based off of your age. So the older you are, the more expensive it is. Your smoking status, smokers are more expensive than non-smokers because of their risk, and gender. For life insurance and most insurance, males are more expensive because we die sooner. This is what it is. For disability insurance, women are actually more expensive because they live longer, so the chance of it happening. But you go through, that's how the price is determined. Then you have to do a full medical where they potentially look at your past history, your doctor, ask other questions, and then make their decision. That's with any insurance, though. The disability insurance piece takes it one step further where they actually ask about financial underwriting as well. They want to look at usually your last two years of income to make sure that the income you are making is the income you will be making. And that's what they would cover you for because the amount of disability insurance you're eligible for is 66.67% of your income. What are some, uh, why, when a, should optometrists start thinking about disability insurance? I mean, right out of school, when they have a practice, when they're employed, when should they start thinking about this? So the answer is right away. We actually do presentations three times a year to the new grad optometrists about disability insurance specifically. The idea is the fact that they've been in school their entire lives. They are about to enter the workforce and nobody gives them any disability planning. It's not like they're going to work at some large corporation or they're going to work at a clinic, especially here where optometrists are sole proprietors to eventually be incorporated. They don't have the ability of getting those type of benefits that other employees, other employers are providing their employees. So disability is really important because you've been in school your entire life and you don't want to worry about all of a sudden something happening to you and you've, everything you've gone to school for, everything you work for, you're not going to get paid for it because something happened where you're disabled, right? So we always say right out of school. The insurance companies actually respect that and they offer what they call the student savings plans. The student savings plans covers a certain amount of professionals, optometrists being one of them, that allows you to get up to $4,500 of monthly disability insurance, which equates to about an $84,000 a year salary and no financial underwriting. So you're still in fourth year optometry, you get your disability benefit, no financial underwriting, it goes, it goes in force. As time goes on, you could increase it once you are making money 
to match your income. So if you're making 100,000 or 500 or even a million dollars, you could increase that disability insurance to match that higher salary. Um, now to maximize it after the fact, I mean, do they have to take a, like uh, a medical test or anything like that? Or they, you just because you signed in early, it's, it's easier to upgrade it. So just because you sign in early, there's no medicals involved. It's called making sure you have the future. Every company calls me differently, but it's basically the future insurability option, which allows you to purchase more coverage without any medical questions asked. They do ask for financials to prove at that point you're earning the amount. If your income goes down, they can't take it away from you. They just won't increase it anymore. But they ask for those financials to prove, but no medicals are necessary. And that's extremely, extremely important to have because stuff does happen in our lifetime where we can't, where maybe we actually don't stop working, but we have this medical condition that the insurance company would be scared of. They don't need to know about it. Yeah. So I didn't take a student savings plan. So is it too late? I've been out of school for about 16 years now. So it's too late for the student savings plan, but it's not too late for disability insurance. Disability insurance can be taken at, at any age. As of now in Canada, the maximum uh, age that you can get disability insurance is 55 because it ends at 65, but they do allow you to renew it on a one-year basis. I'm hoping that that age extends. I have been working on that for a long time to try to get it extended. But whether you're 20 years out of school or you're 40, 50 years old, and you're like, hey, it's time to get some disability planning, it's never too late. Unfortunately, the student savings plan offers discounts, certain uh, extra bells and whistles that maybe you can't get at that point, but it's still something to have, especially when you're buying into a practice. If you're course, buying yeah. into a practice or you are a practice owner, there's types of disability insurance you want to look at as well to cover and make sure that you're protected there. So for someone that wants to you know, take advantage of this now and, and get disability insurance, Give us some advice on companies, advisors, like how do we pick and, and choose? So when it comes to an advisor, like all insurance, you want to make sure they're independent. You want to make sure that they understand the full market. They don't just work for one specific carrier because if they're, if they're actually the full market, they're going to give you the best possible advice. When it comes to companies, it's actually interesting. In Canada, the disability insurance market has shrunken. There's only two carriers that offer professional disability left now. There's a couple others that offer, I would say, non-professional, but other types of disability planning. But it's not many. So your options are limited. So it really comes down to not just flipping a coin, but working with that advisor to make sure that for your specific profession as an optometrist at this stage of your career, making this amount of money, this is the company to go with. But looking at what the other company option is. If there's more options available to you beyond those two, then it's really making sure that it fits your need and your specific profession because different carriers stand out for different professions. Yeah. Uh, are there other types of disability insurance uh, to think about when buying an optometry practice? And like, what are they? And does it really matter? Absolutely. So when it comes to life insurance, it, when it comes to disability insurance, I should say it's very similar to life insurance when you're buying into a practice. So buy, sell, plan, and as the example. If you're buying into a practice, everybody knows that you do a shareholders agreement, you protect that practice, and you get life insurance to fund the shareholders agreement. Because if one person passes away, they want to make sure their family's taken care of. But what happens if you get disabled? What happens if you can't work ever again? That income that you're bringing to practice is stopped. It's as almost as if you're no longer there physically. So well, you are no longer there physically. But 
Disability insurance for a buy-sell agreement is an important thing to consider. Additionally, if you take out a loan to buy into that practice or to buy the practice, you want to make sure that loan is protected from disability. That amount does not impact your individual income replacement. The insurance company separates those two things, which is a great thing. You any Really, any time you're buying into a practice, there's different types of insurance planning that you want to look at. If you have a practice where you have employees and you want to make sure they're covered as well, there's cool types of planning you can do to protect your employees from disability insurance where the business can own it, there's taxable benefits, and making sure that everybody is properly covered, including the business owner. Excellent. So am I supposed to do all of them or just like, just pick one or two? I mean, I mean, it's kind of confusing in general for a lot of them. And it, it never stops being confusing. You, again, I keep relating to this. I think it's so important. I talk about this all the time where if you're talking to an independent advisor who does the same thing the next guy does, who sells the same product the next guy does, makes the same amount of commission the next guy does, which we next person, I should say, which we all do, then how do you know? How do you know what they're saying? It's trust. It's finding an advisor you believe that you and somebody you can work long-term, but you truly trust and you build that long-term relationship. Because that person is going to tell you, yes, right now you have a million-dollar loan, so you want to get some life insurance and disability protected. But although you have a million-dollar loan, you are only making $50,000 because you're leaving everything in the business. And your income is pretty thin for these next couple of years. So no, maybe you shouldn't get everything today. We could scale it back. As time goes on, as income goes up, that's when we play with it and we maybe increase it, we change it, we're doing it. It's really a matter of making sure you understand while everything is important, you're not going to be able to afford everything and you don't need to do everything at once. It's a long-term play to work with that right person and position it properly as time goes on. Is there anything we should look out for for disability insurance? I know we're supposed to work with the right person that we trust. But with life insurance, you know, there was other qualifications that you said in the last podcast. Is there certain things that we should just pay attention to? And like, just in case an advisor does bring this up, that we should have red flags? 100%. So you want to make sure that within disability insurance, there's different riders or add-ons that a person can have. So you want to make sure that you have the proper add-ons. As I've already mentioned, the most important is future insurability, which allows you to purchase more coverage over your lifetime. Other options that exist, there's inflation protection, which means if you get disabled and your disability is worth more down the line based on the consumer price index, then it can increase up to those percentages. We all know inflation is real now. Everyone's going through it. So that is something to look out for. The definition of the disability is extremely important. Is it any occupation? Is it a regular occupation? Is it own occupation? Those things are different levels that allow the disability benefit to be paid out. So any occupation says if you can do any other occupation, that's bad. They will not pay you anymore. You don't want that. Regular occupation is the standard definition of the contracts. That's as long as you cannot do the def the regular occupation definition, they'll pay you. That's good. You want to have that. Own occupation says if you cannot do the dis your own occupation definition and choose to be gainfully employed in something else, you can collect the disability benefit and the new salary. That's awesome. Not every profession is eligible for that. Myself as an insurance advisor, I'm not eligible for it because the insurance company says, hey, Sam, if you can't sell insurance, there's nothing else you can do to make more money. 
optometrist, if they can't practice optometry, there's many things they can do to make just as much, if not more money. So you definitely want to have that protection in place. Some companies will also do kind of a forced savings arrangement where they'll give you money back if you don't make a claim. So you really want to understand what the riders are, what the contra definitions are, how do they compare to the other companies, and make sure you have the full, most all-encompassing plan possible. So how do you make a claim? Do, do insurance companies really deny claims? Like, you know, we pay into this, you know, something unfortunately comes up and we get denial now. And we, we have this practice, we have associates, we have people that rely on us. Um, do these insurance companies really pay for disability? I get the question all the time. And you hear the horror stories. You can Google them. They happen. Where they happen are not on these independent plans usually. Where they happen are when you're talking to, when you're walking to the bank branch, your local bank branch, you're saying, I need some disability insurance, sign me up. And they say, sure, sign this and this. And they don't ask you any medical questions. And then you get disabled. And then they find out that you got disabled because you had a prison condition they never asked you about. Yeah, they're not going to pay you then. But that's, you didn't have a proper contract. You work with an independent advisor. You get an independent disability insurance plan. You do your medical in advance. They're going to, they're going to honor that contract. If you lied, sure, things could come up. There is always a two-year contestability period. But as long as you're telling the truth, as long as you're honest, that contract acts as it should. It pays you out. It protects you. But again, and I will always keep going back to this, you want to work with an independent advisor because I've heard horror stories as well with independent contracts where the person said, oh, it's been such an annoying process. And when I look into why it was annoying, because they tried doing it themselves. I'm not an optometrist. I'm not going to try to figure out what my prescription is by just walking up to a machine. I'm not going to diagnose myself with an eye problem. I know better. I'm going to go to that optometrist. So if you get disabled and you have disability, you want to work with your advisor because they're going to know who, what person the insurance company to talk to. They're going to know the forms to fill out. They're going to know when to talk to your doctor, what different supplementary forms you need to get. They're going to process it all for you to make sure the claim gets paid. And as long as everything is done properly, more often than not, it gets paid because it costs the insurance company more money to fight it than it does to pay it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about disability insurance. I think it's an important topic for our optometrists to know about, and I think a lot of us don't have it. So um, if, if people want to reach out for questions, do you have an email that you can provide to our listeners? Absolutely. It's samuel at waxmanplanning.com. Or if you just Google us a Waxman Planning, you'll see it right there. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been a pleasure.